The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Psalm 90, verse 12, the Bible says, So teach us to number our days. Help us to understand how few our days are. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. This morning, Pastor's going to bring a message simply entitled, Life and Eternity. Good morning and welcome to Ambassador Baptist Church on this Mother's Day. And just let me say to all the mothers that are in uh, the room this morning, Happy Mother's Day. I know this can be a bittersweet time for many, many people. There are some who maybe wish they would have been able to have children and God never made that possible. And others of you who have had a mom and, and she's passed away, I know this is a day that can be bittersweet at times. But for those moms here today, we want to just thank you. We want to honor you, and we want to celebrate you here today. In a few moments, we're going to have a special ceremony that we're going to call our parent-baby dedication service. It's going to be a wonderful time. I think many of you will enjoy that to come. But before we do, I want to just take a brief moment uh, and share a few thoughts from the Word of God this morning. As we read a moment ago in Psalms chapter number, number 90, verse 12, the Word of God says, Teach us to number our, here's the word, days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom it's very interesting to me that we as human beings tend to number our years Um, we've got some folks who are planning some birthdays here even uh, today and and this week I know Gabe Waddell has a birthday here this week Uh, I think uh, Jamie and some others have birthdays coming up here in the near future And, and we tend to look at birthdays from the standpoint of you know years I'm one year two year three years and yet the Bible says very clearly Lord teach us to number our days Uh, In a few minutes, we're going to do something special for many of the families that are dedicating their children. Uh, We've got a gift for you. Many of you here uh, today are are here, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you one of these. This is a jar of pennies. There's 936 pennies, so all of you families uh, who are dedicating your children, we're going to give one of these jars to you. It's going to have the name of your child as well as uh, the date here from the uh, dedication service, and then what we did is we filled up this jar, and the 936 pennies represents one penny for every week that they will be in your home until they're 18 years old. And uh, what we want to encourage the parents to do is each Sunday as you head off to church, take one of those pennies out and uh, maybe throw it away or uh, do whatever it is that you're going to do with those pennies. Uh, Now, if you don't want it, I guess you could take the jar of pennies this afternoon and go buy your child a Happy Meal or something like that. Uh, But uh, whatever whatever suits your fancy. And so as we were doing this, I, I asked the secretaries to put some together uh, to represent a little bit of my family, the pink bow is for Ashlyn. I have three children, uh, my oldest daughter, and uh, then I got two boys, Anderson and Landon. And right here you can see Landon's jar, you know, and uh, we can kind of begin to see where they land as far as weeks per year. And if, if this jar of pennies represented every week we have left with Landon, uh, this would be the representation right here. And uh, he's six years old, and we... We love him to death, and he's just a blessing to us. And, 
And uh, here we've got Anderson. Anderson has started baseball, and we went to some baseball games. He's getting a little older, and uh, his penny jar is kind of running out a little bit. And then uh, it wasn't too long ago, and I was looking at Ashland's, and man, I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, man... I'm like, uh, like we're, we're like running out of time, honey. I mean, I'm looking at this thing, and, and uh, she's grown up. She's almost a teenager now, and it's just amazing how quickly life begins to pass by. You see, the reality is sometimes, if we're not careful, we tend to look at our life in terms of years, and this scripture passage reminds us to look at our life in days. Lord, teach us to number our days. Here's our theme this morning. Life is short, but eternity is long. And this may be the greatest truth we ever learn. That life is brief. It's short. But eternity, eternity really is forever. Notice what it says, teach us to number our days, which brings us to our first thought this morning, and that is simply this, very basic, life is short. James chapter number 4 and verse number 14 says it this way, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. That is to say this, you might think you know what's going to happen tomorrow. You might might be able to calculate what's going to take place in the coming days. But the reality is tomorrow really is somewhat of a mystery. That's why we say we know not what shall be tomorrow. And then James goes on to say, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, maybe waking up on a cold winter morning. How many of you had to do this? Maybe on your way to work and you go outside and it's really cold and brisk and maybe there's some frost on the top of your car and you take that first breath and as you blow that breath out of your mouth, there is that vapor that comes from your mouth. It's there for a moment, and then as quickly as it's there, it's gone again. This is the imagery that God gives us to describe our lives. He says our lives are there, and as quickly as they're there, they're gone. That's why the Bible teaches us we need to learn to number our days. There should be things in our lives that cause us to reflect on how much more time we have on this earth. Something like this can sometimes be a tool to remind us of how much time we have left with our children, how much time we have left with parents. The reality is it is not unlimited because life is short. I used to have a friend of mine and uh, he was an older, older man. Don Sisk was his name. He used to joke around. He was in his 80s, and uh, he's still alive, but he used to say this, hey, life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. <laughs> thought that was good advice. <laughs> you know what the reality is? Life is short. It's extremely short. The fact that this life will never come again is part of what allows it to be so precious. It's part of what allows it to be so valuable. I want to take just a moment. The Bible says that we are to redeem the time. And in a very practical way, I'd like to give you just a few practical principles on how to redeem the time with our children. Some of you still have children in your homes. Uh, Some of you work with your grandkids and you have opportunities to mentor your grandkids. And and what are some practical pieces of wisdom that we can do to redeem the time with our children? 
Now, maybe you're sitting here and you don't have any children or grandchildren. Uh, There might be some practical wisdom principles in this list that you might be able to glean in your relationship uh, with loved ones. But how to redeem time with children. Let me just give you a quick list here that I hope will be a help. These are not necessarily dogmatic commands that you have to do in order to be a good parent. But it is things that as we are filled with the Spirit of God, as His Spirit is living His life through us, many of these things will begin to materialize in our, in our daily lives. So let me say first, I want to encourage you as parents and the moms and the dads that are getting ready to come up here on this stage to dedicate their children. I want to encourage you first of all with this, be mentally and emotionally present around your children. We live in a busy day and age. We live in a day and age where there's a lot of work to get done in our homes. There's much to accomplish in our careers. Uh, Man, there's things to take care of, houses to clean, cars to wash, dirty dishes to take care of, all types of things that keep us busy, 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 busy. And yet I want to encourage you with this reality. By God's grace, be mentally available to your children. Be emotionally available to your kids. When they're in your presence and maybe they're in the home and and maybe you're not even talking, but I want to encourage you to be available. Be there. How many of you have dads are ever like me where uh, I had a situation a few months back where I was working on some stuff on my computer, getting ready to take care of some things, and I was typing, 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 and and I, I could, you know, there was things going on around me, but I was just zoned in, and all of a sudden I hear my wife, and she kind of kind of yelled at me a little bit. She said, honey, Ashlyn's trying to get your attention. And, and sure enough, I kind of woke up and, and Ashlyn was just standing there, daddy, daddy, <laughs> daddy. And like I, my wife said, she said it like five, six, seven times. And it just one, out one ear, uh, in one ear, out the other. Like it, it didn't even phase me. Any, any of you dads ever been there before? And it's easy to kind of get to that place where we're mentally checked out. We're maybe emotionally checked out. And I want to encourage us as parents to be emotionally and mentally present with our children. What's another thing that the Spirit of God might do through us if we're going to redeem the time that we have with kids and with grandkids and with loved ones? I want to encourage you, maybe those of you who still have young ones, I want to encourage you to go on dates with your children. Go on dates with your children. Can I say this? Husbands, if you're not currently going on dates with your wife, I want to encourage you to do that as well. You say, well, we used to do that when we were dating. No, you need, you need to continue to do that. I, I've talked to couples before and they said man it just isn't like what it used to be like man there used to be a spark before we got married and now all of a sudden it's kind of the spark's gone I often ask the couple are you still doing the things that you did when you were dating are you still romancing each other are you still going on dates are you still are you still caring for one another oftentimes the reason that that spark begins to die is because we stop investing into it i often tell people you know they'll say the grass is greener on the other side I'll say, water your grass. (laughs) Can I say this? This is a great thing to do with your kids. I I, I struggle with this. I I do real good with this for a while. I try to to do this, and it seems like I'll do good for a month, and then a month I'll I'll totally miss this, or two months will go by, and then I'll I'll do it again. And and nobody's going to do this thing perfect. But I want to encourage you to make this a goal, to spend quality quantity time with your children as individuals take opportunities to go on dates with each of your kids you and them by yourselves number three just some practical things that we can do to redeem time with children and grandchildren ask your children questions about their life show interest in them when they get back from school hey what 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 uh, what was your favorite thing at school today 
Tell me something cool that you learned. Tell me one of your friends' names. Not in this, you know, trying to fit, you know, control their lives and be all nitpicky, but in, a, in a, an endearing way, in a way that would cause you to let them know that you care about them. Can I say this? Number next. Do normal life with your children. You say, what do you mean by that? I want to encourage us, especially those who will be standing up here on this stage in a few moments. Man, take your kids with you in just normal life. You know, if you've got to go to the grocery store, take your kids with you. You say, you don't know what it's like taking my kids to the grocery store with me. <laughs> I know, it's tough. But can I just say there's something about just that time together. Take your kids when you go in and you run some errands. Man, take your kids with you. Jenny and I were running some errands earlier this week, and we, were, we went to a store and, and walked, into, <laughs> walked into the store. Is Jackie in here? Hey, Jackie. <laughs> She's not. She, I, I see Anthony here. And uh, we walked into a store, and it was, uh, it was Moore's. Some of you, how many of you know Moore's Furniture? And uh, you know where Moore's Furniture is? Our kids love Moore's. And this is horrible. Don't judge me for this. But they have free cookies <laughs> and free popcorn. And uh, it was Cinco de Mayo, so they had nachos and churros. <laughs> And so we went on family time to Moore's Furniture. <laughs> you say, did you buy anything? No, we didn't. We didn't buy anything. I'm not saying we wouldn't have if there had been an extremely good deal, all right? We walk in, and when we walked in, it was so funny. I walk in, and I see this associate, and they're like, can we help you with anything? And I'm like, no, not really. No, it, seriously, is there anything we can do for you? I'm, I'm ignoring. It, it, it wasn't an associate. It was one of our church members, Jackie, and she was yelling at me. Like, I'm like totally ignoring her, you know? And I'm like, why, man, they're very, very persistent, you know? Uh, we talked for a while. You say, why do you bring that up? Just taking time to be with your kids. It doesn't have to be expensive. There will be times where you'll go to Disneyland, and there will be times where you need to take them, you know, on some, you know, vacation or something. But I'm just talking about do normal life with your children. Go grocery shopping with them. Go on errands with them. Can I just say this? Do life with your kids. Just do normal life with them. I mean, it's good to do big things. I, I fall into that category. I'm the type of person who always wants to make things some, something bigger and better, and, and my wife's really good at just reminding me, no, sometimes it's just the simple things in life. Just, just taking time for the kids in those places, going to Walmart together and Kohl's and Home Depot and kind of, man, having them help you with projects around the house and showing them, you know, how to do basic little things. Just do normal life, but involve your kids in it. Man, if, if you've got to fix a doorknob in your house, get your son. Have him help you fix that doorknob. You say, that'll take three times as much time if I involve them in it. Yes, it will. It'll take more time. But it'll do something in the process. And sometimes it's, it's easy. We'll tell our kids, hey, go do that. You know, go take out the trash. And there's a place for some of those types of things. You know what? Sometimes what we need to do is, hey, come on, son. Let's go take out the trash together. Grab the green one. I'll grab the gray one. You know, how many of you guys got these in your homes? We'll push them out to the yard. Let's do, let's just do it. Do life. Do do normal life together with your children. Next, and like I said, these are not dogmatic commands. There are people in this room, and because of your schedule and the way your life works, these aren't practical. These are not. Thus saith the Lord. I'm just trying to share some things that as the Holy Spirit is working in a life and God's grace is falling through them, there are going to be elements of these principles laden in our different activities. Next, as much as possible, eat together as a family. 
As much as possible, just eat together as a family. I know this is not always possible. Some of your shifts with work just don't allow for this. I get that. These aren't rules. These are just general principles, some wisdom things. We get so busy. Man, you're going to home and, you know, the kids, one will be in front of the TV and the other will be on the iPad and one will be playing a video game and, you know, mom will be working on Facebook, whatever the case may be, and all these different types of things. We just get so scattered. Some time just to eat together as much as possible. I'll say this. Next, take family trips together. Now, I realize for some of us, this, inco- this, this involves finances, and not all of us can do this, all right? I realize not everybody can take a trip. But you, maybe, maybe it's as simple as, you know, taking a tent, going up to the mountains, spending $35 on a campsite, and just take a trip. Make some memories with your children. Make some memories with your grandchildren. Man, and I'll even say this. There are probably times where your family can take trips with other people and other families. That's, that's kind of probably a neat thing every once in a while. But I would say this. There sh- probably should be some times where just your immediate family go together and learn to like each other. <laughs> just four of you. Just the five of you. You say, why? You want to exclude that? I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you can. I'm just saying every once in a while it's a good thing just to create some memories with your immediate family. Help your children learn to, to get along with their siblings, you know, in some enjoyable environments. Take those family trips together. I'll say this next. Participate in their interests. This is tough for me. <laughs> my kids' interests are very different than my interests. My, my kids are not very interested in theology, <laughs> I'll sit around and read a book on theology and have the time of my life. <laughs> I love it. None of my kids enjoy it. <laughs> I don't want to read books from 150 years ago <laughs> about dispensationalism. <laughs> you say, well, what, what, what do you mean? I'm saying there has to be times where you focus in on their interests. What are they interested in? I've got one child's Ashlyn, she's really into just arts and crafts. She's very creative. That's just the way she's wired. Very, man. And uh, so together, a couple of weeks ago, we went down and uh, we went to a little place, like two buildings behind here, and we took these little, uh, we got these little pottery, and me and her, we painted pottery together. I don't like painting pottery. (laughs) You say, why'd you do it? Because I like Ashlyn. Take time to participate in their interests. My son Anderson, he's really big into sports right now. I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest sports fan there is in the world. I think it's awesome for those that are. But man, my son really enjoys it. And I've had to learn to enjoy it more because I, I love my son. Landon's really into, he likes animals. Man, just pets, and whether it's a rabbit or whether it's a kitten or whether it's a dog, he just loves, loves, loves animals. That's his thing. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, God gave me kids with interests and likes, and none of them like what I like. <laughs> but you know what? As, a, as their dad, just to participate in their, their interests and, and, and look along those lines to playing games that they like to play. It's, that's getting a little better because now they're playing games that, you know, when, when all we could play was Candyland every night, you know. 
I was ready to be done with that. But you know what? Participating in their interests. Next. Serve others alongside of your children. Look for opportunities to serve alongside of your kids. Whether it's going down to the Fresno Rescue Mission, serving there with your family. Whether it's taking the opportunity with our helps ministry to go and serve the homeless. Whether it's serving a family in our church together as a family. Look for opportunities to serve alongside of your children. Look for opportunities to serve with them. See, the great tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we take so long to actually begin it in many cases. We're talking about how to redeem time. Notice what it says in Psalms chapter number 90, teach us to number our days. Why? They're finite. Our days will come to an end. Notice this, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I want you to notice our final thought this morning, and that is simply this. Yes, while life is short, eternity is long. Eternity is long. In fact, we might even say it this way, eternity is forever. Reality is this, according to the scriptures, according to the word of God, you will spend somewhere forever. Let me say that again. Every person in this room, you will spend somewhere forever. According to the scriptures, our soul lives on for eternity. Psalms chapter number 90, verse 10 says this. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. Now, that's ancient ancient biblical language, you say three score years, that was a term used to define 20 years in ancient times. So the days of our years, three score, what's three times 20? Three, 60, and 10, that's 70. Notice what it goes on to say. So the days of our years are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they be four score years, that's 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is, notice this, soon cut off, and we fly away. The Bible says generally, 70 years, some of us, because of our strength and because of our health, we're going to live to 80, 90, possibly even 100 years, but it will soon be cut away. Can I say this, while life is short, Eternity is long, and you, my friend, will spend somewhere forever. You'll spend somewhere forever. It was Alan Sachs, the author, who said this, death is actually more universal than life. What does that mean? Death is more universal than life. He says everyone dies, but not everyone truly lives. Some people go through the motions. Some people just kind of waste their lives. They don't really live the life that God intended for them to live. They don't recognize that eternity is long. Hebrews tells us it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, what? After death. It is appointed unto man once to die, then after this, the Bible says, the judgment 
and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The reality is this, we cannot secure righteousness in and of ourselves. Righteousness can only be secured from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. There is no amount of good works, there is no amount of moral behavior that will secure for you perfect, unblemished righteousness. Only Jesus Christ can give you His perfect righteousness. We call it salvation. You say, how does this even work? The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world, God loves you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God loves each and every person in this room, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done. Regardless of what you did do or regardless of what you didn't do, God in his compassion, in his mercy, and in his grace loves you. He adores you. In fact, he loves you so much that he went on a sacred journey, a pursuit of epic proportions to literally save your soul. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. God loved us in the midst of our sin. God loves us in the midst of our brokenness. He loves us in the midst of our pain. He cares about you. Romans tells us there is none righteous. No, not one. Romans chapter number 3 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is to say, in our sin, in our rebellion, and in our wickedness, every one of us falls short of God's perfect standard of behavior. I don't care who you are today. Every one of us falls short of God's perfection. Now, you might look around the room and you might think to yourself, well, I'm a whole lot better than that person, and I'm a whole lot better than those people. And the reality is, on some moral level, you might be able to convince yourself you're better than these people or you're better than those folks, and you might be. But the reality is this, every one of us, myself included, falls short of God's perfect standard of perfection. For all have sinned. Every one of us have broken at least one of God's laws. And we're reminded in the New Testament that if we break one of God's laws, then we are then guilty of every one of God's laws. You only have to lie one time to be a liar. We're sinners. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. You say, what are wages? Well, most of us know what wages are, right? How many of you get wages at your workplace? Every other Friday, you get some wages. Every year, you have to fill out a W-2 form. W stands for wages. It is your compensation for your deeds, for your work. The Bible says there is wages for your sin. There is compensation for your sin. What is the compensation for sin? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Revelation goes on to tell us that death and hell will then be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. There are consequences for sin. 
There are consequences for breaking God's law. The wages of sin is death. I love this. But the gift of God is eternal life. God has a gift for you today, a gift that he wants to make available to you. And the gift that God offers you is eternal life. Eternal life with God for all of eternity in heaven with him. And an ability to escape the punishment and the condemnation and the judgment that our brokenness and our sin deserves. Just like when we speed down the highway, we deserve to get a ticket. And when we break God's law, when we fall short of his perfect standard, we deserve the consequences of that sin. But God loved us so much that, yes, while the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. God has a gift for you. A gift you do not have to pay for. It is a gift that you do not have to work for. It is a gift that you do not have to join a church for. It is a gift that is made possible to you not by joining some particular denomination, not by giving so much money to a nonprofit. It is not by getting baptized. It is not by going to church. It is not by being a good individual. No. The gift of God is eternal life. Notice this. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is through the finished work of Jesus Christ that we can have the hope of salvation and the hope of eternal life. You see, the Bible tells us that God came to this earth in the flesh. Literally, God came to this earth and robed himself in human flesh. He walked among this earth. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He did miracles to prove his deity as God. And then the Bible says that he went to the cross. Not because of some sin he had did, done. Not because of some wickedness that he had accomplished. Not for some crime that he committed. He went to the cross literally to pay the punishment of our sin. To take the consequences of our sin. And when he hung on that cross, he was hanging there, absorbing all the judgment, absorbing all the consequences, absorbing all the penalty of our sin, and he literally took our punishment for us. That is why Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross to to take the punishment and the consequences and the penalty of our sin upon himself so that we wouldn't have to endure the consequences of our sin. He wants to offer us a gift. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the eternal consequences of our sin. Saved to spend eternity in heaven and an abundant life here on earth experiencing the joy, the peace, the love that can only be experienced in Christ. Some of you are looking for satisfaction You're looking for security. You're looking for a sense of significance. And I want to remind you today that everything your soul craves is found in a personal, dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. If you'll simply believe that Jesus Christ is who He claims to be, that He lived and then died in your place, that like the Bible says, He rose three days later, Literally, the Bible says by putting your faith in that gospel reality, by faith, you can be saved. You can experience the Spirit of God 
living and alive in your soul with the hope that you have eternal life forever and abundant life here and now on this earth. This, Jesus, is what gives you access to eternal life in heaven and abundant life here on earth. You see, my friends, life is short and eternity is long. It was C.H. Spurgeon who said it this way, while life is short and eternity is long, it's only reasonable that this short life be lived in light of eternity. If you're here today and you have never personally put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior, if there's never been a a time where where you have put your trust in Jesus to save you, to literally cleanse you, from your unrighteousness. You see, the moment that you put your faith in Christ, He takes all of your unrighteousness and He replaces it with His perfect righteousness. And when God looks at those who have put their faith and trust, He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your brokenness. He sees the perfect perfection of Jesus in you. And that is why He can allow you into His heaven. Because you now have the perfection of Christ upon your account. Can I ask you this question? Has there been a time when you personally have received the gift of salvation by faith? Has there been a time in your life where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior? The Bible says this, Today is the day of salvation. And now is that accepted time. If there's never been a time in your life where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone, I want to implore you to make that decision here, even today. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.